0: Man, oh man, everywhere you turn, Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that, even our little corner of the universe, all the web design and development blogs that I pay attention to, they're all talking about Bitcoin, so fine, we will talk about it in this episode. Is it worth paying attention to? The massive industry has the potential to disrupt, and a little bit of a history lesson that you might not know, all coming up in this episode. There's a lot of developers who have a lot of opinions about what you need to do this coding thing for a living and be good at it. But I often find that their opinions tend to be better for them than they are for you. And that's part of the reason why I created this podcast. To cut through the crap and give it to you straight. And you won't always like me. You won't always agree with me. But I will tell you the truth. I'm John Morris, and welcome to The John Morris Show. Now let's quit the yakking and get to it. Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. This one we're going to get into Bitcoin a little bit. It seems like everywhere... I look, everybody's talking about Bitcoin. It's even all over all of our web designer and de- developer uh, sites. And my little brother's been pestering me about it. It's all over the news. And it's kind of a techie-ish topic. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit today. and And should you invest in it and then tell you, Uh, what I know about it but more than that I'm actually looking for this is gonna be one of those episodes I'm calling these uh, my educate me episodes so it's more of an episode where I'm looking for those of you out there who maybe know a lot about this to educate me and then maybe at some future point I can turn around and again share everything that I've learned from that so I'm really looking for you to also interact with this and and kind of kind of teach me a little bit about what you know but i'm going to share what i know what i think on the whole thing and kind of get into this whole topic of bitcoin because it's really big right now now before i do that i just want to let you know i've just created a whole brand new standalone site for the show you go to johnmorrisshow.com all the episodes are there All the subscribe links for iTunes, Android, RSS, all of that stuff is over there. And then I'm also, because I really want to try and I'm really focused on growing uh, this show, I'm willing to give you module one of my PHP 101 course if you're willing to go. Uh, on iTunes and leave me just an honest review. I'm not even saying go over there and you have to leave me a certain kind of review. Just go over there and leave me an honest rating and review of the show and then uh, let me know and I'll send you module one of my PHP 101 course. So all of that, all the instructions for that, again, are at JohnMorrisShow.com. Just click the start here link uh, and that'll kind of walk you through everything you need to do in order to get uh, module one of PHP 101 um and then like i said all the uh past episodes are now archived there for you to go through uh and listen to any past episodes so check that out all right so that said let's let's kind of get into this a little bit so first off let me just talk about this idea of is bitcoin worth it should you even care about bitcoin is this something that we should even pay attention to because i mean honestly for a while that's a question that was I kind of went back and forth on, right? I I really wasn't sure if Bitcoin was going to be something that was really going to make any sort of dent and so forth. But there's been some things, there's things that have happened really quite recently, but even before that, that have been happening that I've kind of taken notice of. And so it's something that I'm paying attention to a little bit more. But generally speaking, and I've talked about this before in the past, I think knowing what trends are coming and getting ahead of those sort of trends is really, really important. In fact, there's a lot of wealth that's been created by people throughout the years by simply being ahead of trends, by, by seeing something coming and then putting themselves in a position to take advantage of that, to, to benefit from that when it does actually hit. Right, so I think apple is is probably the classic example, so when Napster it was actually Napster that first disrupted the music industry when they came out with their little uh peer to peer thing, and you know they they kind of flamed out and they were doing you know it was kind of they got in legal trouble and all that, but you know Apple and Steve Jobs at the time took sort of notice of that and you know probably. I would, I mean, I don't, not inside Steve Jobs' head, but probably saw the disruption that happened in the music industry coming, saw that Napster is like the canary in the coal mine, and so they ended up creating the iPod, and I I remember there's a, there's a kind of iconic, uh, um, there's an iconic, uh, the Apple, the developers conference whatever it is (laughs) escaping me right now but whatever it was where they would always um release the the new products the you know when they're coming out with the new iPhones and stuff that's where they announce all that stuff and there's kind of an iconic one where he says we're no longer a computer company we're a mobile device company and that was really the the one of the big shifts that they initially took Right, they went from from really focusing on making MacBooks and laptops and computers and so forth, to realizing that this mobile revolution was coming, and and it started initially with the iPad and seeing what was happening in the music industry, and eventually they created iTunes, and not only did they profit from that, but not only did they see it coming and exploit it and profit from it. They also, in turn, kind of helped to create it. They kind of helped to solidify the disruption that Napster had initially made. And there were record stores across the kind of tower records, I think is the classic example, that were these big, huge, uh, you know, money making stores that just got completely wiped out by this we saw a similar thing in 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 video right where it, it maybe wasn't quite as as devastating as music because it had happened before and there were serp- certain people that that saw it coming but you the again the classic example here is blockbuster blockbuster essentially got wiped out there was a blockbuster on every corner that was kind of the myth back in the day and then you know Netflix came out and then you have Google Play and then the the uh Apple uh iTunes with the video and all that sort of stuff and the 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 store I don't know where where do you buy movies on Apple I don't even know I haven't used one so long but anyway Apple TV whatever all that stuff came out and Blockbuster doesn't even exist anymore it's ran out of business so again seeing these trends coming allowed people to to position themselves to profit with them to adapt to adjust and not adapting and adjusting has put plenty of uh, companies out of business and so the thing that i always think about is the the people that did see this coming you know for example for example uh Apple seeing what was going on in the mu- music industry and creating the iPod and then iTunes. How many billions did they make as a result of that? Uh, Apple was in a in a place, I think it was in the early to mid-80s, where they were really in trouble. When, when Jobs left, they really kind of got in trouble. And then uh, they purchased, uh, was it Next or Pixar or whatever? They purchased uh, the other company that Jobs had created. And he came back into the company and eventually became CEO again, and so forth, and and sort of made all these changes. But they were in a bad spot, and so, uh, oh, it it this this kind of rev- revitalized the company, and so the company may not even have existed if it weren't for them seeing this coming and making these changes. So again, how many billions have they made as a result since then, of just? A, just frank, frankly still being a company, but B, also how they've adapted and and kind of been a leader in certain industries. So uh, that's one of the things that I think about. More than that, how many people's lives, if you're someone who cares about impact, right, you want to make a difference, you want to do something that matters, you want to have a legacy, right? How how many years from now will we still be talking about Steve Jobs and Apple and that that whole sort of thing, right? So how many people's lives have been made dr- dramatically better as a result of it? So, again, all of this to say, I believe spotting trends like this is really, really important. And again, it's one of those things that you, when you can see something coming and can position yourself properly, you have the opportunity to really, really benefit from it. And so, should we be talking about Bitcoin? Should we care about Bitcoin? At the very least, we should be talking about it. And I do believe that it's something that we should care about. Because when we talk about industries that are getting disrupted, we've seen it happen in the music industry. We've kind of seen it happen in the video industry a little bit. I believe it's happening in education right now. I believe quietly education is getting completely disrupted Uh uh, and, and not a ton of people are really talking about it, but uh, I think it's happening in the education industry. And Bitcoin represents one of the very, very few disruptions that has ever happened in the like the monetary system, uh, or or in terms of currency. And when you talk about disruption in currency, you're talking in big, you're, you're playing in big boys territory. And I mean the, the biggest of the big boys territory. So you know, it, Bitcoin, I don't know, it may or may not become the new currency. But any disruption in this particular industry, in this particular segment, is is very important to pay attention to because if it does it's going to completely change everything it's going to completely change the way people think about all this sort of thing so again why am there's there's a couple of things about bitcoin that make it it in particular uh prime or or capable of causing disruption in a segment of our society that really doesn't necessarily see a lot of change there's a lot of disruption but it's of a different kind and and so i want to talk about what i know about bitcoin and why i i'm paying attention to it why i think you should pay attention to it now that doesn't mean i know everything about bitcoin i certainly don't and i can't tell you oh you should invest here you should invest there i would never do that anyway but again something to pay attention to and 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 why so you know i'm I'm not some crypto fanboy, but it's it's kind of hard to overstate how big of a deal this is because we're talking about the very medium upon which all exchange in the world happens. Right? They Everybody may have different money, different countries have different money, they call it different things, different denominations, all that sort of stuff, but it's all still ultimately currency. And the total money in the world is estimated, depends kind of how you how you define money but anywhere from 80 trillion to 1.2 quadrillion and all of this money is generally controlled by central banks which is ultimately controlled by governments and and politicians and that has some that has some implications that's one of the reasons why it's one of the most tightly controlled in terms of n- really trying to insulate itself from from outside influence and outside disruption and that's why and and they pass you know governments pass laws that um make it illegal to use any any other form of of tender and and currency and so forth like they really do a lot of work to insulate the monetary system from from any sort of outside disruption and there's probably good logical reasons for that and there's probably also some nefarious ones there uh as well but one of the really big the, the point here is that it's ultimately co- controlled by in any particular country by a central bank so it's really only a handful of people that are controlling the monetary system making monetary policy and 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 managing that whole part of it and so it can be uh, it can be a little bit easier to manipulate via you know, maybe corruption in politics or public opinion, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a little bit more easy to manipulate in that sense because there's so few people that are actually controlling it, and it's so well insulated from from the outside influences. And so, one of the benefits of Bitcoin. You know, people talk about it being irreversible, which helps with things like chargebacks, which is a real problem. The low transaction fees. The anonymity, all of that stuff is there. But one of the big ones that I look at, and again, why I'm paying attention to it, is decentralization. So governments manipulate currencies. You don't have to be uh, a government-hating libertarian like me to recognize that. They do it all the time. Here in the United States, uh, we've had interest rates. Our Federal Reserve have held interest rates artificially low for... uh, a decade or more than that and you know that you may not be well what does that have to do with anything what you know there's reasons why etc regardless of whether you agree or disagree with it everybody knows that the the interest rates have been held artificially low and that's to to spur on this idea of lending when when Interest rates are low, More people are more likely to take on loans, home loans, business loans, car loans, those sort of things, because the interest rate is low. And so it creates this economy of borrowing. People are borrowing more and more. When the interest rates go up, people don't want to borrow as much because if you got to pay a 10% interest rate, well, you're going to be paying a lot more. And so holding those interest rates low... Whether you think it's a good thing or you think it's a bad thing, it is manipulating the, the, the currency. It's manipulating the monetary system and ultimately manip- manipulating the economy. It has certain effects. Some of those might be considered good. Some of those might be considered bad. Okay, But it is a manipulation. You don't have to, uh, again, hate government to see that. But this kind of thing is, is not new. Right? Way back in the, the Roman Empire, this kind of thing happened. So uh, as an example, for the first 220 years of the Roman Empire, the most common coin that was used during that time was the denarius, and it had 4.5 grams of pure silver. Uh, and just to give you some context around this, the Roman Empire is it's con- that's considered to have existed to have been the Roman Empire from 27 B.C. to 395 A.D., so a little over 400 years. And Caesar, for example, was not actually a part of the Roman Empire. He was more of a precursor to it. Uh, he was assassinated in 44 B.C. It was actually uh, his son or nephew, I can't remember exactly, that ultimately after, the, in the turmoil when Caesar was assassinated, was able to grab power, and that is what marks the beginning of the Roman Empire. Okay, So uh, just to give you some context, in the first 220 years roughly, uh, again, the, of the Roman Empire, that's the coin that was used. Well, by 161 AD, so roughly 120 years into it, the denarius had gone from pure silver to about 75% silver. This was around the time of Marcus Aurelius. And then by the time of Gallienus, who was emperor from two fifty three AD to two sixty eight AD, the denarius was only five percent silver. Now, why did they do that? Well, because in order to finance, let's say that you wanted to go to war with a, a certain uh country or a certain element out there, you want to invade some place, you needed to pay the soldiers to do that. You needed to pay the people to make the chariots and all that sort of thing. You had to spend a lot of money to do that. Well, when you're not, you don't have dollar bills that you can just print at a printing press, right? Instead, you have uh, actual silver coins that you have to mine silver to get. Well, you only have so much silver that you can mine, and so essentially, in order to get the money to do that, you would have to convince the populace, right, that has its money that it's worth doing for them to give up all their money to you, uh in order to finance this war for you to go out and and do that. Well, that becomes more and more difficult over time. And so what they would do is instead of doing that, they would start to debase their currency. They would instead of making it a hundred percent silver, they would add, you know, twenty-five percent copper to it and still say that it was the same denomination. It's if you look at uh, coins in the U.S. now—it's very, very similar. The coins are not—you—you you have a say a nickel that's worth five, says it's worth five cents, and it's supposed to be initially when they were made, they were supposed to be five cents worth of actual silver, whatever the rate for that was. Now they don't—they're they're barely any silver at all, if any. I don't even know if there's any silver in a nickel now, or a dime, or a quarter, or whatever. They're mostly copper and some other sorts of metals. And so by having to use less silver to create an individual coin yet still saying it has the same denomination you could create more coins and then you could pay for all the stuff that you you wanted to do. Okay so that was why they would do that and that's it happens all the time it's happened here in the United States so in 1913 when the Federal Reserve was created at that time gold was fixed at a price of uh $20.67 per ounce so that was the the price that the government basically said if you have um 20 dollars and 67 cents you can go to the federal reserve and we will give you one ounce of gold that was literally dollars were basically an exchange note for actual gold you could go to the federal reserve and get actual gold or one of the subsidiary banks so forth and you needed twenty dollars and sixty seven cents per ounce of gold that you wanted then in nineteen thirty four there was a l there was a lot of things that happened in here and actually in in thirty three uh f d r confiscated that some people don't like that term, but basically it was a buyback program for gold told all people they had to turn in their gold and they were going to give them you were gonna get twenty dollars and sixty seven cents per ounce for that gold so everybody in the United States was told they had to turn in all of their gold they were going to get $20.60 67 cents per ounce of that gold so that happened but in again in 33 it was still $20.67 then in 34 after that buyback the reserve raised, the the gold reserve act of 1984 raised the price to 35 per ounce so in that like the stroke of a pen the value of the dollar was instantly made about like 40% less valuable than it was the day before the act. So now you need instead of needing $20 to get an ounce of gold, you needed $35. Well, that instantly makes the dollar less valuable. So they they quite directly debased the value of the dollar. So again, all of this to bring up this point that this is what currency is right now. It's 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 federal government acts it's politicians it's emperors debasing the currency by manipulating how much silver is this is what currency has been since the beginning of time it's been controlled by the biggest baddest bully on the block essentially the the emperor in rome or you know the the president of of a particular country this is how currency has been uh, handled and so What Bitcoin represents is a a sort of democratization of the currency system. One of the big things that I pay attention to with Bitcoin is its decentralization. Because with Bitcoin, there's no single party that controls the currency. There's no single individual or even small group of people that can 100% control it. Now, you're seeing with the forks and stuff... That, that are happening now that there, there can be arguments and there can be disagreements and there can be people that say, we're going to go this way and I'm going to go this way, but it's all based around choice. In the United States in 1933, when the federal government said, turn in your gold and we'll give you money, you didn't have a choice. If you didn't turn it in, you were going to go to jail, right? And when they raised the price from $20 to $35 per ounce, you didn't have a choice, There was nothing you could do about that other than try to elect people four years later that would go back and change it who had no incentive to. With Bitcoin, it's completely democratized. It's completely decentralized. And the more people that are on the network, really, the more decentralized unless it's able to be manipulated by a single entity. Now, that's all in theory. Again, I don't know all the ins and outs of Bitcoin exactly, but that's the general idea behind it so what i'm what i'm trying to point out to you here is a just the the scope of how much of the industry we're talking about here right we're talking about 80 trillion anywhere from 80 trillion to 1.2 quadrillion we're talking about all of the money in the world and then we're talking about an industry that historically has been completely insulated, controlled by very small groups of people, and has been manipulated, been able to be manipulated by those small of groups of people, most often to their own benefit and to the detriment of the people that are actually having to use the currency on a day-to-day basis. Imagine if you were alive in 1934 when the, the dollar was debased, and you were making, at that time, let's say you were making $1,000 a week, and suddenly, that thousand dollars now only became, uh, like, it was about six hundred dollars in terms of what it could buy you. It was debased by about forty percent. How hard would that have hurt, right? How how? I mean, you could have went from being just fine, making it, to all of a sudden now you're you're struggling, you can't pay bills because businesses can raise prices quickly. But were all those businesses gonna go around and instantly give all their employees a forty percent raise in relation to what happened with the, the the price of gold? Probably not and so again, it just uh it, it it's a small group it's historically been a small group of people that control this sort of stuff and so what i'm talk what I'm getting at is that when we talk about disruption when it comes to currency. We are talking about the kind of disruption, both the scale and then how it's been historically uh, uh, managed and taken care of. We're talking about a disruption that is kind of world altering in a lot of ways. Now, I know that sounds kind of hypey and so forth, and I don't know if if that's what Bitcoin is going to do. But that's the that's the potential that's there. Now, imagine if If Apple can make billions by seeing a trend coming in the music industry, which is one very small part of this whole pie, if they can make billions as a result of seeing that coming, what's possible by seeing what's coming with Bitcoin and a disruption of our entire monetary system and digging into that and understanding what's what's going on here, what might happen here, et cetera, and positioning yourself there. Now I have no idea again I have no idea what the answer is in terms of how you should position yourself. I don't know that. I don't know enough about it, but I am reading more into it and that's why I'm 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 kind of looking to some of you out there that are the the Bitcoin experts and this is very much an educate me type type episode because I want to hear from you. I want to know more about this sort of stuff. But I very much am aware of what the actual potential here is. So imagine what what kind of benefit you could get by digging in this and understanding this. So overall, that's my answer to the question of, is Bitcoin worth it? Is it worth paying attention to? Is it worth looking into? If it's not obvious by now, I think it's a thousand percent worth looking into because of just the kind of potential disruption it, it could be. And ultimately, I think if it does work out, while it's still those hardcore libertarianish people like me would say it's still ultimately a kind of fiat currency in the sense that it's not something real and physical. And I'm sure there's Bitcoin people out there who even argue with me on that. Um, it certainly is better than the way things are handled right now. And I don't think there's any question uh, about that. That if you're going to have a, a, a kind of fiat currency, it's better one that's uh, decentralized, democratized uh, the way Bitcoin is of, rather than a small group of people being able to just print whatever money they want to go off and, you know, run whatever war, or institute whatever program they they, they want to, to do that on. Uh, so, uh, again, I think it's very much wor- worth looking into. All right, so that's, that's all I'm going to really get into today. Again, I don't want to, I'm i not a Bitcoin expert. I don't want to try and, and pretend like I am. i very much looking for your feedback on this, what you know about Bitcoin, uh, that sort of thing, You know, the things that maybe I, I haven't mentioned or maybe I even got wrong in this particular episode. Uh, I'd love to hear about all of that. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, a whole brand new site for uh, the podcast, johnmoreshow.com. Uh, be sure to head over there. If you like the episode, be sure to subscribe. You can do that over there. If you like a, a, copy of, a free copy of Module 1 of my PHP 101 course, just click the Start Here button at johnmorrisshow.com, and I'll walk you through the instructions on how to do that. I'd love if you, even if you don't want that, if you'd leave me a review over on iTunes, johnmorrisonlinecom slash iTunes. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.